Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, bringing you yet another episode of Southern Fried Soccer. I'm glad you're not tired of us yet. I appreciate all the listeners because they're growing with every episode, which is fantastic. It keeps me and, and Daniel, who I think has now moved to Yugoslavia, employed. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and on Saturday, Atlanta United will host the New York Red Bulls. Kickoff will probably be around 7.39 in the p.m. at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in what is going to be a very, very busy night in downtown Atlanta. If you're coming to the game, I would encourage you to get there early. There's a gigantic volleyball tournament at the World Congress Center that my niece is going to be winning and dominating in because that's what she does in volleyball. And then Alabama will be playing some Dixieland Delight at State Farm Arena. So parking is going to be a challenge unless you're going to take Marta because it's Smarta. And if this is your first time listening to us, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When we come back, you're going to hear from Brooks Lennon. You're going to hear from Tyler Wolf. You're going to hear from Marcetich, Gonzalo Pineda, Keith Costigan, who's going to be handling the analysis for Apple for Saturday's show. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about SoccerCon going on at Georgia Tech. By the time you hear this, it will be too late to attend. But I hope you'll listen and plan on attending it when it happens in 2025 because it's really cool. It's being put on by Georgia Tech. And I had a lot of fun last night listening to some of the people talk. Ocean breeze. Tropical beach. Pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And we're back. Again, I want to remind you, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. Please remember to review the podcast on whatever platform you get it from. It helps us grow a little bit, and we appreciate that. Now. On to the sound. As most of you know, Atlanta United was drubbed by Columbus 6-1 last Saturday at Lower.com Field. So I was curious if the players' intensity on Tuesday was what some of the veterans wanted to see. And here's Brooks Lennon talking about that. Yeah, definitely. I thought today's training session went, um, you know, as planned and as we as we talked about um, in 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 our team meeting this morning and the intensity that everyone brought um, this morning was, was really good to see. It's, it's back to, um, you know, what we are as a team. And here's Lennon talking about how the team could put Saturday's loss behind them and turn their focus to Red Bulls. Yeah, obviously we're going to put that game behind us. Look forward to, to this weekend in, in New York Red Bulls at home. Um, you know, obviously very disappointed in the result, but um, we got plenty of games left and uh, we know what this group has and, and what, um, you know, kind of mentality and, and heart that this locker room, you know, has. 
Now, Tyler Wolf is not as experienced as Brooks Lennon. Wolf is a homegrown player for Atlanta United. He got in uh, against Columbus when Andrew Gutman suffered his injury. And here he is talking about the intensity of Tuesday's practice. Yeah, it was it was definitely intense today. We put a big premium on making sure that we were combative and winning duels, um, but also the togetherness and the reactions after plays don't go our way. Um, I think that was a big thing we needed to work on in the game, and we didn't see it there, but we got to move past it, not get too high, too low, and uh, flip the page to the next week. Big opportunity to get three points this weekend uh, against Red Bull. And here's Wolf trying to explain the team not being able to stay in the game against the crew. We needed to do a better job mentally staying in it, being present. Obviously, physically, it's it's tough to stay in it. They just keep coming waves and waves, I think. Um, internally, mentally, we got to do a better focusing in um, when things go south real quick. Now let's flip around and talk to Amar Sadich about the best way to handle the Red Bulls press. To deal with the press, definitely trying to create a numerical advantage, um, attracting their press, not really triggering it, I would say. Um, kind of bringing them into one side, getting where we need them, connect small passes, and then, yeah, break through their lines one, one pass at a time. I think if we play uh, and try to skip, let's say, from a certain position to another position, that's when they like to trigger their press. So if we can combine the small passes in between their lines uh, to then further events the ball forward, that's, that's what's going to be ideal for us. And I was curious to know, because Columbus made, a, I don't know if it was an in-game adjustment or it's what they did at the beginning of the game and shifting where their midfield was over from centrally to a side, which eliminated a, a mark, in this case, Franco Albara. If the team would feel comfortable if they see that kind of an adjustment from another opponent, maybe even Red Bulls, on Saturday. After experience that in the game, I think we'd have to understand, okay, maybe we shouldn't press every time. Because I think in Columbus, we're kind of a little bit too antsy because we went down 1-0 early on. And we're like, okay, now we have to go press, we have to go press. And we kind of fell for the trap a little bit. Whereas if we could have just gotten a little bit organized and let them come to us, and then maybe we fight for a counterattack or get a set piece on an away game. Um, at, the end of the, at the end of the day, those goals count a lot. So uh, I think moving forward, like we would be a little bit smarter in those situations as the season goes on. Now, Marsadic faced the big, big task against Columbus of playing attacking midfielder because Tiago Almada was one of seven Atlanta United players who were with their national teams during the last break. So I wanted to know if he gained an appreciation, uh, more appreciation, I should say, of what Almada does in games, having played that position. I mean, oh, Tiago's a fantastic player as is. He, he can do things that um, many players can't do. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's a midfield role. I mean, I just have different uh, attributes than he does in terms of one v one attacking and stuff. I'm more of a connector with the ball mm -hmm. and uh, playing between lines and finding uh, balls over the top or into the final third. So yeah, just different attributes. But at the end of the day, it's relatively the same position, attacking midfielder eight, ten. Yeah, we we still have to play within the system of an eleven man team. And of course, wanted to know from Gonzalo Pineda if Almada was going to be ready to go and start on Saturday. No, not at all. He's been good with Argentina. He played the first game. You saw that. He scored a goal. We're all very happy about it. And then he didn't perform in the last, in the last, he wasn't you know, available for the last uh, match for them. But uh, he's fit. He's ready. And yeah. And then furthering that, the list of players, that list includes Miles Robinson, Jorgis Yakamakis, Derek Etienne, Machop Chol, Ronald Hernandez, and Luis Abram were available for Saturday. Today, Derek trained, partial, uh, job trained full today. 
um, Ronald train partial. Uh, Tiago will do his region later here in the train facility. So basically the only one we are missing at the moment is Abram, but we're hopeful that we can get him for the game. As I mentioned earlier, Andrew Gutman suffered an adductor injury in the first half against Columbus. So I was curious if he was going to drop Wiley back to fullback, maybe start Etienne. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, maybe. We have Aiden as well. We have Ronald in that position. So so we're checking, especially Ronald. Is, is he, you know, good to go? Um, you know, Aiden has been training as a left back. So, so we'll see the options we have. Now, to me, this is probably the most important question, second most important question of today's session with Pineda. Pineda has mentioned several times in the preseason how he liked the players were able to solve issues that the other team was presenting tactically on the field. And I was curious if what Columbus did was very complicated, if Atlanta United just could not solve it, if the players could just could not solve it, and if that is a worry for future games. Yeah, we couldn't. Uh, I felt like we couldn't, and, and that's a reflection I have. Like We prepared certain tactics. We didn't really do it. The moments we did, I think we, it worked. We regained the ball a couple times, mm-hmm. but then we were not uh, fast enough or clinical enough in the counters. We had a few counter move counter uh, plays where we didn't connect the ball like the one Miguel Berry delays mm-hmm. a bit and, and then Luis is in offside those normally if you score that one then the game starts to be more on your side so we didn't have that that we have maybe in Charlotte right we, we had a couple moments in transition we scored the goal and then it's a different game so um, again to, to analyze a full game you have to analyze the moments of the game and what's happening what's the situation what's the status of the game so we score one of those transition moments the game is completely different and maybe even the mentality of the team is different and we can adjust different and and that that's what we couldn't identify those solutions in that moment i do need to point out that on tuesday we got to talk with Pineda before the session which is kind of a new wrinkle this year it's it's a very short conversation but he had talked about when gutman went down he was going to switch to a back five that included gutman as a third center back and then allow Sadich and Wolf and Barry and Arahujo to really press going forward. But then Gutman suffered his injury, and then he had to kind of throw that plan out the window to counter what Columbus was doing with its midfield. And now we're going to get to talk to Keith Costigan, or you're going to get to hear from Keith Costigan, an old friend of mine, a really good guy, a supporter of Liverpool, as I am. So we talk about that a little bit at the end of the interview. And then when we come back, I'm going to answer your many, many questions, including one from a Law & Order listener, as well as your queries about Atlanta United. What's the first thing you want to see from Atlanta United against Red Bulls after their beatdown at Columbus? That's a a really good question. I mean, I I want to see them being the tempo setters. I think when you're one of the big teams in the league, the onus is on you every game to, to take the game to the opposition. So you're at home. You've you've taken a punch, which which happens in this league um, against a, a very well coached Columbus team. But I want to see, I want to see this Atlanta team be on the front foot. And it's difficult because the Red Bulls have been a kind of a thorn in your side for the last couple of seasons. And the way they play transition football, if you go all out, they're, they're really good in those quick moments to to break. Adding all of that in, I want to see Atlanta be on the front foot from minute one, dictating this tempo, particularly in their own stadium. And I think we will see that as well. Anytime you've you've lost a game the way you did, the manner you did, a couple of key players coming back in as, as well, I think we're going to see an Atlanta side on the front foot looking to kind of correct those errors from last week. 
Does the fact that Atlanta United has yet to beat Red Bulls in a regular season match matter at all? Yeah, people will tell you it won't. Um, I know I know. we'll talk to coaches um, and, and players and they'll say, no, that's not in their mind. But the minute you say it, they walk away and they go, Man, Doug just brought up a good... You know, it does play in your mind. So you're human. You go down a goal to just say you dominate the first 20 minutes and, you know, New York score a, a transition goal. And you you look at the possession and you're like we've seventy percent thirty percent that they've got more on target. Is there something about the way they play against us? Uh, so I think it does play on minds of, of players, perhaps a little bit more than they would let on. But the key to that, of course, is is overcoming it by getting a positive result. Um, and I would imagine I don't think Gonzo and, and his coaching staff would be just simply saying this week. No, 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 it doesn't matter. They'd be saying, here's why Red Bulls have been successful against Atlanta. Here's what we need to do to stop it. And that's the, the first, you know, the, the, the first point in, in, you know, correcting those kind of, well, it's not an anomaly now because it's so many games, but obviously there's been something about the way the Red Bulls have set up against Atlanta that has been conducive to getting positive results. So I'm sure Gonzo's looked at it, but, you know, in answer to your question, the players know about it because we're going to tell them about it all week. And if, if, if you're down a goal late on in the game, <clears throat> you're human. It's going to pass through your thoughts that like, man, this team constantly seemed to get results against us. Now, the last time Red Bulls played at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, they didn't press like they typically do. We think because the field is so big, it's kind of hard harder to do it on a bigger field. Do you think that Red Bulls is going to come out 100% press or do you think they'll – be a little more judicious. Um, you would imagine. I, I mean, it's fine in the balance. I, I still think they're a team that wants to press. They they want to be aggressive. But as you mentioned, sometimes there may be certain elements of a game where you're saying, "Look, we can't chase this game for ninety minutes. We'll pick our moments." I, I would say it'll be a mix. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if 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 early on they did sit back and and look to kind of entice Atlanta on. For New York, I would imagine they want to find the balance because. If you do sit back, you don't want to just give the game to Atlanta and let them get in a rhythm because then it can be hard to get back. But I look back to the the last uh, New York game when they played Charlotte and they had 26% possession yeah. and they had, more, they, they had more shots on goal. You know, I, I think they had six shots on goal and, and Charlotte had one. So I, I think it'll be a mix. Um, but if they do sit back, I think they're going to be really, really, really direct and really quick in transition. And that's something that Atlanta will have to deal with defensively. That's, you know, one of the, you know, you want to be, okay, they're sitting back. But if you just push everybody forward, trust me, they're going to find pockets and hit you on the counter as well. So if they do sit back, I think Atlanta have to be wary about how they manage the numbers that they send forward into the spaces that that New York might provide. Assuming Tiago Almada is the most important player for Atlanta United, who's the second most in dealing with this press on Saturday? Oh, for me, I look at I look at the back line. I look at Miles coming back in, and I would say, you know, if they press, you have to be comfortable in possession. You have to be comfortable on the ball. That's on one side of it, um, and I, I think in Miles you have a top class defender. You know, hopefully getting back to his very best. And I would say on the other side of things as well, if New York do sit back and they are direct, you need a centre-back who has the ability to recognise that, read it, and not get transition. So, you know, Miles, for me, would be would be one that would, 
you know, immediately stand out in terms of, uh, you know, reading those situations, reading the, the the longer service transition moments and and making sure that that defensive and midfield line is connected, whether that be, you know, through pressure situations or through counter situations. So I'm just delighted to see him back. Uh, I'm excited to see him play in person as well this weekend. And, and, and I think he's going to be, you know, a massive piece for Atlanta this season. And last question for you, Liverpool, great team or the greatest team? <laughs> well, it's mine. It, it, this is mine. The, the greatest team. Um, <laughs> I, I think you, we we we've messaged back and forth about Liverpool a few times, and um, I, I grew up. You know, my first memories of football are Ian Rush in the all yellow Liverpool kit scoring a hat trick. Oh wow! Um, you know, I've been, yeah, I've, I've been lucky enough to attend what four European finals as a Liverpool fan. I know a lot of people at the club. They're the greatest team for me, and that's how every fan should feel. I don't mind if a if a AC Milan fan comes up and tells me we're European royalty. I'm like a hundred percent. You should feel that, or a Real Madrid fan. For me, Liverpool. I think you knew this already. They're the greatest team. <laughs> I agree with you, my man. I think you just get that midfield <laughs> sorted right now. Get that midfield sorted a little bit. Exactly. We get one or two pieces, and and look in Klopp, we trust. We have a manager that. Brought his fan base back together, and uh, I'm always excited. Look, if, if you'd have told me in six years in Champions League play, we'll play in three finals, we'll go to uh, two quarterfinals and get knocked out in a round of 16, I would have said yes. Yeah. Just because the round of 16 defeat is now, it feels a little bit, you know, more painful. But Liverpool will be back. I'm, I'm positive of that. All right. I appreciate it, Keith. Uh, you want to share your social media handles with everybody? Yeah, you can find me on at Keith Costigan uh, on Twitter, at Keith03 on uh, Instagram. And uh, looking forward to uh, looking forward to being in Atlanta this week. I, I think the last game I might have done in Atlanta was right after the World Cup final. Um, Atlanta against Seattle. Yeah. Uh, which was, I, I mean, it's mayhem. It's difficult in, in the booth in Atlanta because you're like, did that go out? Because I can't hear me. And, and you're hoping that what you said went out on air. Um, <laughs> well, one of the one of the great venues, and with Mo, Mo knows all the spots to take me to go eat beforehand and everything. So uh, we're excited for a good weekend. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, safe travels, and look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Keith. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. The Braves open their season on Thursday. So if you want to not only subscribe to our podcast, but you can get six months of unlimited digital access to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, our politics, our breaking news, our investigations, our coverage of the Braves, food and dining. You can get all of our stories on AJC.com, access to our e-paper, our assortment of newsletters, including Bradley's Buzz from Mark Bradley, 
So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. It, you need you need to subscribe because Daniel has to stay one step ahead of the law. That's why he keeps moving around the world and he needs the money. So subscribe, help Daniel out. I don't know what it is he did. He won't tell me. I don't want to know, but that's why he keeps moving around. And Friday is the last day to take advantage of this offer. So do it right now. Drop whatever you're doing and it better be subscribing to the paper. So you can subscribe twice. That's That would be my advice. Subscribe twice. Now onto the mailbag which you can call into at 770-810-5297. I don't know how Daniel calls in from wherever he is around the world, but here's our first voicemail. Hi, this is for Doug Robertson. Doug, this is Matt calling from Wilmington, North Carolina, first-time caller, long-time listener. I actually fell in love with Atlanta United because my good friend Aaron Marietta told me how great the team is. I've been following them since 2018. You just do an amazing job with your podcast and keeping us all up to date on what's going on with Atlanta United. My question is actually about law and order. If you had to pick one detective to solve the case involving your loved one, who would you pick and why? I'm going to hang up now because I have a hair appointment I have to dash off to. Vamos ATL? I don't know if this is a real person making this call. But I loved it. Uh, I lived in Wilmington, North Carolina for three years, uh, many moons ago. Uh, it's where I married my first wife. Lovely city, lovely place to go. If you haven't been, I would encourage you to go. But to answer your law and order question, for me, it would be Robert Gorin from Law and Order Criminal Intent, played by the amazing actor Vincent D'Onofrio. I love his thinking. I love his wealth of knowledge about many, many topics. He's one of my favorite actors ever. I appreciate the law and order question. I'm sure the team appreciates your support from 2018. And again, if you haven't had a chance to go to Wilmington, North Carolina, do so. Beautiful, beautiful city. Now, on to our questions. Elliot says, hi, mate. I had a question for you. Well, good, because this is a mailbag. If you could pick one player from Atlanta who you think will have a breakout season, who would it be? Well, yeah, I mean, Tiago is already having a breakout season. You want to say... Luis Araujo, I think. He's got all the talent in the world. He really does. Uh, you know, he and Almada, to me, are 1A and 1B among talented players on most MLS pitches in matches. He just, he he's starting to put it together a little bit, but then you still see times like second half against Columbus when he just dribbles smack dab into a defender, almost like he doesn't even see him. And I don't understand why that keeps happening, but it does. But I think he's going to be in for a breakout season, particularly with Almada back in the fold. If I had to pick another, Caleb Wiley is obviously having a very good year for Atlanta United, and, and he's in, I think, for a, a very, very good career. He's already a grown man in an 18-year-old's body. He's he's fast. He's calm on the ball. And I appreciate the question. Thank you, Elliot. On to Mike. What's more likely, Miles Robinson signing a new deal with us or Tiago staying until the winter? Uh, I don't think I either, neither, both are going to happen. I don't see Robinson signing a new deal. He would have already done so. There's been one on the table going back to last year after he suffered his Achilles rupture. Tiago staying is just going to depend upon what offers come in for him and, and if they meet at Lenny United's valuation or his interest. And he's playing so well. We'll see how it goes in these next few games. But I, I would be stunned if either happens. Mike, second question. How long do you personally believe Gutman will be out for and who replaces him? 
The team says week to week. Now, the problem for the team is that they've often said many players are week to week, and then we've seen them go out for long term. Emerson Hyman last year comes to mind. Uh, there's been a few examples of that. They did not put him on a, in a long-term thing, like out or questionable. So I think you'll probably see him maybe not next week, but maybe the week after. And I think Caleb Wiley will end up replacing him with Derek Etienne in the starting 11. And that is going to be my only hint to the starting lineup. You'll have to read the rest in the info to know at Lenny United versus Red Bulls, which will publish on AJC.com, or you can find on my Twitter handle at Doug Robertson AJC. It'll probably post in the morning. Rob has a long message for us. That's Rob with two Bs. He starts, I'm speechless. Then I don't know why I'm reading the rest because you're speechless, but I guess you're typing, so that works. Uh, Mostly because I can't decide if what we witnessed in Ohio was deja vu of 22 or a premonition of Atlanta United without Diego Almada. Maybe both, paraphrasing Forrest. Regardless, the calamity in Columbus once again exposed Carlos's inability to field a cohesive team, especially midfielders. All right, Rob, I'm going to stop you right there. A cohesive team... (laughs) especially midfielders. The team had seven players out on international duty, which is a pretty good compliment to roster building, in my opinion. It's a salary cap league. You can't just load up on on good players. It's impossible. Now, you want to say Columbus was missing several players. They fielded a young team and they won. They did. You play that game 10 times, you're not going to get a 6-1 result again for Columbus. It's, you're just not. So if you want to blame Carlos, that's fine, but I think it's a little bit silly. He continues, with a notable exception of Tiago, Bocanegra's teams have been a mishmash transfer wannabes who, through lack of depth, are often forced to play in unsuited positions. Okay, if you want to throw out the first two years when they won three trophies, or the first three years when they won three trophies, that's fine. If you want to throw out 2019 when they were a missed penalty kick away from hosting MLS Cup, that's fine. We've not replaced Parkhurst savvy and leadership, nor Nagby's distribution. Uh, Miles Robinson, I think, has... Parkhurst savvy, uh, Nagby's distribution, Almada plays midfielder, um, Sadich is pretty good. It was a different team with different tactics. I thought Gutman might be a good defender, but he's tasted offensive success and apparently doesn't want to get back. That's wrong. He gets back all the time. He Sometimes his positioning isn't great, but he does get back. Wiley has always been a defensive liability. Again, I disagree. Sosa is too injury prone, and the other side of the pitch doesn't get. Don't get me started with Louise. Paracha requires way too much consistency around him to be successful. Speaking of which, why is Atlanta United's collective psyche so fragile? I've never seen anything like it in American sports. Also, I like your opinion on whether Atlanta United's root problem is with quality players or coaching. I apologize for this being all over the place. I don't think it's either. I, I think you've gone through several coaches. You finally got a coach who has a healthy roster. They're three, one, and one. The game they lost, they were missing seven players, three of whom were starters on the road in a place that's a tough place to play. I, I, I don't I don't know what to tell you, my man. I don't. Now I want to take a break here for a second and talk about SoccerCon before we get into the rest of the mailbag. So SoccerCon is the Atlanta Conference on Soccer and Social Innovation, hosted by Georgia Tech. Uh, it's housed by its vertically integrated projects program. And so Wednesday, I went over to the Georgia Tech Academy of Medicine and listened to some keynote speakers, all of whom were very, very interested. There are a lot of different seminars going on today at Georgia Tech over near Bobby Dodd Stadium. It's going to come back, or it's scheduled to come back in 2025. 
Um, I hope maybe they'll might have a little more money and maybe can do a little bit better job of, of marketing. Not to say they did a bad job, but uh, I think that if more people probably knew about this, they would attend because it's really, really cool. The panel last night included Greg Garza and Bali Longwene, who came all the way from Johannesburg uh, from Kaiser Chiefs, where she teaches uh, coding to females, which is fantastic. And Kaiser Chiefs actually have a really cool tie to Atlanta. From Kaiser Boaz, former Atlanta Chiefs player, when he left, went back to South Africa, founded Kaiser Chiefs, one of the more successful teams in South Africa. Matt Laurie, who's Atlanta United's Academy Director. Sanjay Patel with Soccer in the Streets, who had some really cool things to say. And Alexa Steinman, who came over from Olympic Lyon. No, I'm sorry. God almighty. Apologies to Alexis. Alexa Steinman, who came over from Olympic Marseille to talk. Really, really cool last night. And I hope you'll look out for it next year. Or at least look up its web, look up its website, uh, SoccerCon. That's one word. And just read about everything that's going on. It was it was a lot of fun. So I wanted to give them some credit for working hard and putting on something that I found innovative and educational. Now on to the mailbag. Five Take says, if Almada leaves, obviously we need a big signing this summer. But if he stays, what position do you think we need to look at bringing someone in for? Well, they have two senior roster slots, does Atlanta United. I think they have a little bit of allocation money. I think a lot's just going to depend upon what do they do with Miles. If they go ahead and try to trade Miles, uh, which I think is probably the only option, then I, they'll probably try to bring in another center back. Or they'll just see if there's some holes in the roster due to injuries and fill it that way. It's too early to tell right now, but it's a good question, five takes. Henry, who's going to get the three questions of the week? Henry says, hey, Doug, I hope you're doing well. Well, thanks, Henry. I hope you're doing well. How are you feeling about this game against Red Bulls? Are you optimistic that Atlanta can bounce back? I am, though Atlanta is, I think, 0-8-3 against Red Bulls in its history in regular season matches, which is really not good. And it's kind of shockingly odd that they've yet to beat Red Bulls in an MLS match, but they haven't. And I I would love to tell you that I had a, a really good explanation as to why, uh, but I don't. But, you know, Saturday, big field. It's tough for Red Bulls to press consistently throughout 90 minutes on a big field. But again, they don't have to do it for a little while until they try to get a lead. And if they get that lead, it's going to be tough for Atlanta United to come back. But we'll see. But I am feeling good that Atlanta United is going to come back. It's 0-8-4, not 0-8-3, 0-8-4. I left a draw off the off the ledger. Henry continues, which midfield pairing do you think Pineda will go with on Saturday? Does he continue with Ibarra and Sadich, or does he try to put Josetu back in? Well, I just wrote a little bit of a story about that that you could find, again, on my Twitter handle at Doug Robertson AJC. Uh, but I think you're going to see something similar to what you saw in games three and four. And he finishes, I can't think of a fun question this week, so just give us some of your Doug's words of wisdom. I just can't give this stuff away for free, Henry. I just can't. The most important thing I think I would like to talk about is I hope that we could come up with some sort of common sense legislation regarding guns. I really do. It keeps happening. It's just more and more sad. We're losing kids, we're losing teachers, we're losing good people, and there's really no reason for it. There's not. The only solution I've ever been able to, to come up with that I think that would work 
for both sides of the aisle is a bullet tax, something similar to what was enacted for cigarettes to try to get people to stop smoking. Just you can have all your guns that you want to, but every bullet you want to put in that gun is going to have a tax of, I don't care, 10 bucks. And then we use that revenue to try to um, either increase mental health treatment in this country, increase security guards in schools, just do something to help these kids and help these teachers. You know, my mom worked in an elementary school in Mableton as a media specialist for a long, long time. I still have a son in high school. My daughter's in college. I have a lot of friends who still have kids in college or or schools. And it's just there's no good reason that this keeps happening. There's really not. If you want to say it's a Second Amendment, then let's amend the Second Amendment. We've amended amendments. We've changed amendments. We've gotten rid of amendments. We've brought them back. It's there's just no good reason. So anyway, as always, hug your loved ones, communicate with your loved ones. This is Southern Fried Soccer. Y'all take care. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor. But I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.